This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast, and this is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the Old Trailblazer, riding out again on Old Dan at this time, bringing you another old-time, old-fashioned gospel message from here at Radio Missions, where the Old Trailblazer broadcast goes out on a regular basis. And we're happy to be back with you folks at this time. The Lord laid on my heart to speak to you at this time uh, on this subject, uh, our homes, the children, those things that are uh, on our hearts and on our minds. So we want to we begin at this time by speaking to you about our homes. We, we're living in the desperate times, folks. Many of you have written me and called me, emailed me, about the things that you have in problems you have in your homes, and especially with your children. And I, I've, I've seen my children grow up. The Lord blessed me with uh, having been uh, heard the truth, heard the gospel under the late Pastor L.R. Shelton. I had much advice from him. I was just young. My wife and I were very young when we got started. But we were blessed by having a gracious pastor who we could sit down with and he could tell us. I, I was not a religious person early on. I didn't know anything about the how to raise children except what I had been brought up. My dad and mother were old country people, poor, 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 back there in, in those early days of my life and theirs. But I was taught to mind, taught to behave, and uh, to honor and respect elders. And and uh, one of the things that uh, I often mention here, you know, we lived on a farm. We had uh, uh, people helped us on the farm once in a while, especially uh, f- uh, black families, co- uh, what we call colored people back in those days. And my dad taught us to respect those people. We called them auntie, auntie, auntie and uncle. And uh, we were just taught to respect people. So I came up with my children in that same vein. I, uh, I always uh, listened to what they said if they come home from school and had a problem. And, uh, but I, I brought them up knowing how to be respectful. And that's one of the things that we're missing today that I want to address. Uh, in our homes is where the children start or where they begin to be they form their ideas and opinions and their instructions. And uh, I know that we're living in a day of, of uh, when, when, when there's so much going on now, infidelity going on, and then there's so many children coming up with uh, a one parent in the home, maybe no parent, maybe grandma. We, we had the storehouse for the needy there in New Orleans, and I met this woman one day, a lady, and she had five little children with a stair steps, about from, from two years old up to about ten, and I said, Grandma, whose children are these? I knew they weren't hers. And she said, they're my daughters. I'm having to raise them. I said, where is their mother? In jail from drink, from smoking crack cocaine, and their dad, they don't know where he is. There's so much of that, and I'm not being critical. I'm just analyzing, describing what's out there today and what our children are facing. I, my heart goes out to children. I know, I know they must be taught and uh, made, uh, corrected to behave and to act right, but it's hard for them to understand when there's uh, fighting and bickering and drinking and drugs in the home, and they see all those things, and it's just difficult, and I, I just see uh, actually a dilemma. Our folks, some of them don't know where to turn, and the children now are younger and younger, getting into trouble with the law and with the juvenile authorities. When I was coming up, there was no such a thing as that. First of all, 
the obedience. Children are, are, are made, have to be made to obey their parents. When I was a child, I had a brother and two sisters, three sisters. And uh, if we were down the road at the neighbor's house and we got into a little scuffle with one of the other kids, the neighbor would just take a switch and switch all of us and send us home. And my parents didn't get upset about that. No, they knew they needed it. Same way with, same way that it, uh, if, if one of the children in our neighborhood was at our house, my dad would correct them. He wasn't ugly to them, wouldn't abuse them or anything, but he would correct them. We have gotten away from that. Now you touch one of the children, now you'd have a lawsuit on your hand. We, I rode the school bus to school all those years, and our school bus driver was a gracious old man. I thought he was old. Maybe he wasn't that old when I was a kid, but he was a friend of my dad's. I knew that later on. But if two boys got into a scrap on the school bus, which they do, eventually they'll do that. He'd just stop the bus and get off, get them off the bus, take his belt off and strap them a couple of times, put them back on the bus. Well, my friend, those things influence a child. They, they have, a, they have an, an effect on children, and we don't have that any longer. No, sir, if you look at one of them crossways now, uh, they call it a law. And I know I'm in the grocery store or in a department store once in a while, and a mother's checking out and got a baby or two in a, in a buggy, and they're just cutting up and squalling, and can't, mother can't have a, a minute's peace. I'd like to take them out and take my belt off to them. But you couldn't do that. Not now. You couldn't because they'd call a law. But I see the danger. I see what's going to happen to those children, and I've lived long enough now to see the effect of what happened when there was no discipline in the home. I realize what's going on, and I know there's divorces are on, on every hand. And, I, and you say, well, Pastor, what is the remedy? Well, I'll tell you the remedy in a moment. But I know uh, years ago I heard Pastor Shelton tell this story he was speaking to one of his friends and and uh he he said the man heard pastor shelton preach along this line and he asked him said well what what you talking about what's wrong with the world so pastor shelton went into a, a, a discourse he said what's wrong with the world when our young girls are having babies out of wedlock what's wrong with the world when our men are our young men are standing on the corner uh, full of tattoos and and uh, drinking and all of those things. What's wrong with them, you say? What's wrong with them when our divorce courts are running over? What's wrong with them when the school kids are dropping out of school? And my friend, I can go on and on and on with what's wrong. And I believe that if you are, are of any age at all, you know, and I see those things. And I talk to mothers and dads. I have the responsibility of they ask for my advice. I have that responsibility, and I try my best to give good, sound advice. And maybe, maybe, maybe you'd like to hear what the old trailblazer's perception is. I believe that we need to get back to uh, our home life now. I know that most people, children, of have those iPhones and iPads and those things, and they, they don't look up from the dinner table. They're on the phone texting and all of those things. I think we need to put those things away. I don't believe we ought to let our children look at those, uh, play those games on a, on a full-time basis. I'm sure there's room for those things, but not all day and all night. Now, have, I, I see it, and I'm sure you see it, my friend. First of all, those phones are very expensive. Why should an 8-year-old child have an iPhone or iPad? Why? Why, my friend? They do. 
I see them. I see them driving on the highway, mother driving with a kid or two in the back seat. They don't look up. They don't know where the, they, they wouldn't know a mountain if they saw one because they're involved in those games and all of those things. And I think that has a lot to do with it. And then you take the television in the home where the little children uh, are, are exposed to those things. Some of the mothers use them as a babysitter, put them in front of the TV on the early mornings, uh, watch those uh, little old comedy things. It influences those, my, my friend. It's not an immediate effect, but a long-term effect. And I, I'm just uh, more or less opening up my what I think and what my heart and what I've seen and what I see. And we're going to get to what the Bible says in a, in a, in a moment, maybe in the next segment. But I'm, I'm sad, my friend. We're living in perilous times that the Apostle Paul spoke of. And I don't believe that he meant uh, the stock market and the world conditions and fighting over there in the Middle East and all. I know. I think he talked about the perilous times when many of our churches now are are, are watered down the gospel. You, you hardly ever hear the good old-time gospel uh, preaching that we used to hear when I was a kid. And uh, there's so much of this now of, of uh, infidelity. Our pastors are run off with the piano player and stay gone a month or so and come back and no repercussion. No, no. And then they take the money. I see, I read the papers and I get the religious periodicals and those things. And I see all of those things. It controls the destiny of our children, of our families. Yes, I know that. And I know that we loose living is a part of the world today. I know uh, in the springtime of the year, they, the schools let out and they have what they call spring break. Our teenagers go down on the coast on the beaches and drink and carouse and all of those things. Just turn to loose, grow wild. And, and I know there's homes that doesn't allow that. But my friend, as a rule, as a rule, they just go uh, do what they want to do. It's, a, it's disheartening to me. It's heartbreaking to the old trailblazer because, my friend, uh, I, I think about those precious souls. Precious souls, my friend. Every individual, yours and mine, born into this world, born with a precious soul. And it's going to spend eternity either in heaven or in hell. One of those two places. And I'm a realist. I believe in facing reality. I believe that we're all going to face reality one day, and uh, I, I, I do my best. I ask the Lord for grace to be kind and be gentle with my people here, yet to be firm. And I know I'm criticized for calling sin, sin, but when the Lord called me into this ministry as a pastor, he brought this one particular verse to me over there in Timothy. He said, preach the gospel. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove and rebuke with all long suffering. And I find that uh, reprove and rebuke means to call sin, sin. I never back up from calling sin, sin. I tell my folks now, you know, you can hear anything in the world now on the radio or on the TV. There's nothing barred the, the vulgarity and the four-letter words that's on there now. So why, why shouldn't I be able to tell folks about hell? I had a lady call me and said, Please don't use that word hell. My children hear you say that. Well, my friend, there is a hell. There's a hell to shun and a heaven to win. And I'm just being honest. I'm being true to your soul. And I I do uh, get mail from folks who tell me, Pastor, go on. Just keep on, Pastor. And those things uh, keep me going. I wish you'd sit down and write me if you would. 
and tell me where you're hearing me from and tell me that you appreciate being told the truth. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. If you never hear the truth, you won't ever be saved. No, sir, you'll never be saved unless you hear the truth. What is the truth, Pastor? Trailblazer, what is the truth? Truth is that man is a sinner, born into sin, born. We inherit our sinful nature from our father, Adam, and Eve, and from Mother Eve. And we come here as a sinner. And uh, we, don't, we don't have to do anything. We're already sinners. And the truth is that man is a sinner, totally depraved, loves sin. Then the truth is that Christ died for sinners. We never leave that out, do we? No, I never bring a message, maybe hellfire and damnation message, but I always bring you hope. There's hope. What is your hope this morning, tonight? You out there on the 18-wheeler old truck driver, what is your hope this morning? What is your hope? You're going to stop up there at the next break, go in there and get your coffee and biscuit. And what is your hope? If you never get back home tonight, what is your hope? Will you be ushered into heaven? You know, I always tell my folks here, I believe we have a guardian angel. Will that angel usher you into the presence of God, or will you be cast out into outer darkness? I, I know I'm not making much sense at this time, but the old trailblazer loves our folks. I love you, and I would like to hear from you. If you would, write me, call me. My email address is pastor at Radio Mission, and my website is radiomissions.org. My mailing address is Radio Missions, Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. Until next time, goodbye and may God bless you.